do any meditating marinating on the word of God do it have did you marinate on the word of God did the Lord give you anything new something that you maybe have never seen before mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. looks like Carol's about to grab you here she says come this way Do people have a hard day today? Anybody have a hard day today? Shirley? Jennifer? Give me a name again, man. Diana. I do, I'm just sensing that um, there's a lot of attack today, a lot of distraction. And there needs to be a new rest in the world today. Y'all believe that? Lord, we want to step into your rest. Why don't you all just close your eyes. And I want you to imagine that thing that happened today, the bad thing. Maybe a disappointment. And I just want you to put it in a cardboard box. And then just close the lid. It's still there. We're not going to look at it. The Lord told me that uh, 
He's going to help us. Uh, he's going to help us meet, meet him and, and move into the place. But that distraction, that thing that happened, it needs to sit on the shelf. focus on it right now. We're going to come into your presence and just be with you, Father God. I asked David to queue up a, a YouTube video here, and he's going to play that, and he's going to play it loud, and this is a worship song. We bring a sacrifice, people of worship. Many times we don't feel like it because we're tired, we're hurt, we're distracted. I'm going to turn my back to you and I'm just going to worship the Lord. If you want to come up here with me and just leave your day behind, you're free to do that. So David, whenever you're ready. at a baptism at Bethel so you'll see some people baptized
Lord, we are we are fixed on this one thing, Father, to know your goodness and to see your glory. This is what creates this renewing of our minds. Thank you, Lord. David, you can bring that down. Thank you, David. Can you bring that down? I think we're having some technical issues, or do we have it? Okay. That's interesting. Hey, folks. How you all doing? Good to see you. All right. We're going to wait for the PowerPoint uh, here. We're going to do a little review. She's going to do it. My wife. We're on a review. I may just have to follow her. So, next slide. Review. We remember first week when we got in groups and everybody kind of heard the Lord on your identity. Did anybody get a new identity they like to share? Wow, we're a quiet group tonight. Do you all remember that? A new identity. How are we going to know who we are unless the Lord tells us who we are? Next slide. Your responsibility is in your identity. If I'm a father, then my responsibility is to be a father. If I'm a teacher, it's to teach. If I'm a worshiper, it's to worship. The next slide is patterns. Romans 12, 2. I do not go along with the laws of the patterns of this world. And you guys remember what the, some of the laws of the patterns of this world were? Okay, because you have been dramatically and thoroughly changed and you can actively and daily restore your mind to its new state. Patterns, Romans 12, 2. We are to have a new mind. You guys remember my old missionary car? This was what I was thinking. This was where my mind was on a missionary car. All right. The Lord changed my mind, and this was my new missionary car. It took a thoroughly and dramatically change of mind. How do you see yourself? Do you see yourself as the old beaten down, broken down Christian that can't hardly get anything done? Or the brand new, oh my God, what are you driving? Four-wheel drive vehicle that the Lord has power through. Amen. Then the following week, we had Know Your Giant. All right. How do I live with a renewed mind when I'm held hostage by a giant that is forcing me to conform to the patterns of this world? All right. We had some uh, testimony about some giant killing. But I tell you, when you hit that lion on the head, sometimes it'll turn around and challenge your authority. You keep beating on that lion's head. All right? Many of us see Goliath as this gigantic being in our life that is going to crush us. What was the real giant that the children of Israel were fighting? Do you remember? It was fear. How many of the giants that you have recognized in your life has a component of fear to it? Think about that, guys. It's really the fear that's our giant that we need to go after, conquer. All right? Know your authority. David went to the king, and the king Saul gave him the authority. Who's our king? Somebody. Thank you. And has he given us authority? Amen. Okay? Next one is know your testimony. I just showed you two pictures of a testimony. The missionary car that I was driving, the beaten down Dodge Duster that had more smoke than, I mean, it would be legal these days, right? And the Lord changed my mind. This is my testimony. That was one of my giants I killed. It was a poverty mentality. If I'm a Christian, then I must have the lowest, grossest thing. God changed my life, changed my mind. You guys have testimonies, all right? You need to bring them up when you're about to face another giant. David said, I killed the lion. 
and I killed the bear, and I'm going to go get this guy. Okay? Then know your love. Revelation 12.11 talks about they love not their life, but I'm telling you, it takes love to kill a giant. It takes love of something. It takes love of your nation, your army, maybe your church, maybe someone else. Maybe a love for the Lord to say, I'm not going to let this conquer me. Then know your opponent. Get a close look at him. All right? A close look at your giant. If you really look at your giant, if you look at him close, just like David looked at Goliath very close, he was a double-visioned, crippled, old warrior. Just like this African giant that was about 30, 32 years old. He was about 7'5", but his joints were destroyed. I don't know if you can see his hand very well, but it's elongated. He couldn't grip anything. Goliath saw two sticks when there was only one. Goliath had to have somebody hold his shield. Your giant has been defeated at the cross. We just have to pick up the rocks and throw them. Amen? Know how to fight. You go after that lion. You go after that giant. You don't sit on the couch. You don't just sit there and wait. You have to go after it. Again, Revelation twelve eleven. How do we overcome these perceived giants? They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, which is their authority, the word of their testimony, the share and live your testimony. And sometimes it's kind of hard to live your testimony, but you have to live it out. All right, number three, and they loved not their lives unto the death. It takes boldness. It takes going after it again and again and again until your giant is defeated. God didn't give us a spirit of timidity. He gave us a spirit of power. He gave us a spirit of love and a spirit of self-discipline. Then last week, we looked at the vacant minds for rent. Vacant minds for rent. I think I'm breaking up here. Vacant minds for rent. We all get the VMS. VMS is vacant mind syndrome. Sometimes you're for me, it's driving to work and my mind just goes, right? Or you're sitting in church or whatever. You guys experienced it? It's common to us all. Amen? All right? This was not a message of condemnation but observation. But we get to choose our renters. And that's where this meditation of the Word of God comes in. Where do our renters come from? Our renters come from an environment that we're in. Are you guys ever in a work environment and there is some thoughts or some talk, right? Maybe in your family, your neighborhood, maybe on TV, all right? But then sometimes our mind runners come from the environment that is in us. And that's where the giants are, guys. That's where the fear is. Those are the old patterns of this world, the things that have gotten in us and says, I can live here now. Renters come from what we are marinating in, just like the meat. What are we soaking in? What are we thinking about? Oh, my goodness, you know, uh, I'm going to die because my mom died at 50 or whatever. That was a big thing with my mom's life. My, my grandmother died at 50, and she thought she was going to die at 50. Now, where did that come from? I mean, it was, it was a weird thing that my grandmother died at 50, but this giant in her decided to tell her she was going to die. Well, she's now pushing 80. So it's, again, sometimes from what we're marinating in. So what are you soaking in? When your mind is not engaged, invite these scriptures back into your mind and let them be your renter. All right, does everybody have a handout? If you don't, there's on the back chair there. Meditation, the beginning of... Of Apocalypse. Meditation, the beginning of Apocalypse. What a weird title. Do you guys remember what Apocalypse is? Right? Next slide. Apocalypse of the Meditator. The Apocalypse is an ancient Greek meaning, meaning to be uncovered, a disclosure of knowledge, a lifting of the veil, or a revelation.
Revelation, an apocalypse. And we started joking around, I'm going to pray apocalypse on you. That's what it really means. But the Lord gave me some new revelation this week. Do you remember when Saul was on the road to Damascus? Right? Now, before the Lord encountered him on that road, right, what was his thinking? I need some feedback on this. What was his thinking? Latanya. Right? The Christians were going against God. So what was his, his legal duty to do? To what? To kill them. Right? Was this right in his eyes? Was he sinning in his own eyes? Was he doing the will of God in his own eyes? All right? That was his thinking. All right? Then what happened? Jesus happened. Jesus knocked him off his horse. Right? And he said, why are you persecuting me? He had a revelation. Right? Now, what happened to that old way of thinking? The, I can go kill Christians because it's the law and I'm doing God a favor. What happened to that? It was destroyed. It was apocalypsed. It was total destruction. How in the world could he go back to that way of thinking? This is what the Lord told me. He says, the apocalypse, yes, it's a revelation. But here, if you get a revelation, your old way of thinking is apocalypse. It is destroyed. Amen? I want such revelation that what I thought was right in my old patterns will be destroyed. And all I have is Jesus, the revelation of Jesus. Guys, that is what's going to change our hearts. That's what's going to change this church. That's what's going to change this nation, a revelation of Jesus to apocalypse, our old way of thinking. David, say amen. Thank you. I appreciate that. A revelation of a new truth is a destruction of old thinking. Meditation may cause an apocalypse or death of old thinking. Guys, I started, I started meditating like I've been teaching you about 30 years ago. And you would not recognize me uh, back then. I mean, I was a different person. Through meditation on the Word of God, the old James was apocalypsed. He was destroyed. His way of thinking was destroyed. It is the taking out of a lie and inserting the truth. This is revelation, and it is what changes us. And number five, it is the apocalypse of the old to the new. The old to the new. That's what meditation does. It brings in new thinking. All right. Next main heading is the need of the spirit for the meditator. I'd like you I'd like to introduce you to Campbell McAlpine. This is the guy that taught me back in 1985. He's an old Scottish uh, pastor and teacher. And his main thing, his main message was meditating on the Word of God. The Holy Spirit taking the written word, making it living word, imparting it into our inner being so that the Word of God becomes part of us. That was his definition. Can you all read this with me? The Holy Spirit taking the written word, making it living word, imparting it into our inner being so that the word of God becomes part of us. What you're looking at when you see me is the word of God. As I walk into a room, I bring the word of God because I'm there, because it's become part of me. Have you ever walked into a room and you can see somebody and you know they're a Christian? You just know it. Your spirit knows it. Why? Because the Word of God 
has changed them, and it has become them. Amen? Think of eating some chicken. It has some protein in it, right? As we ingest this chicken, our meditation on it, our digestion of it, turns it from a chicken into us. The protein of it becomes part of us. Now, if you look at me and call me chicken, we're going to have some problems. But the, the issue is that whatever we ingest is what we become. Does that make sense? If I'm ingesting stuff on TV, I'm going to be marinating in that. It'll become... If I am believing a certain political figure that says I'm supposed to be a certain way, but it's against the Word of God, then I'm, I'm going to be ingesting and becoming that. Number seven, how can we truly understand the Scripture that was written in the Spirit if we don't understand it in the Spirit? Now, that seems a little confusing once I've read it out, but what I was trying to say was that Scripture was written, right, by the Spirit. People heard the Spirit of God and wrote it down, right? They put it on paper in the Spirit. So how can we understand it unless we are in the Spirit? That's where the meditation comes in, guys. That's where you take a Scripture and say, Spirit, reveal yourself. I just don't want the printed thing on paper. I want the Spirit behind it. I want what you gave the writer of this to make it personally mine. Number eight, they need the Spirit for the meditator. Just like the writers of Scripture were inspired by the Spirit to write, we need the Holy Spirit to fully understand and interpret. That is why meditation is so important. If I'm just reading it like a novel, I'll understand it like a novel, like 1% of it. I must be in the Spirit to understand these words. All right, you know like how spies, you know this guy here. He's a spy. And headquarters sends him a coded message from a coded book, right? And he has this secret decoding book. And they get this message, but nobody else can understand it unless you have the decoding book. It's sort of like that with meditation. All right? You understand? It's kind of a, kind of a weird example, but anyway, I thought I'd throw James Bond in there. My namesake. All right, next, the food of the meditator. The food of the meditator. John six sixty three. The words I speak to you, they are spirit. And they are life. When we open up the scripture, we are ingesting the spirit. Number 11, James 1, 5, if anyone lack wisdom, ask of the Father and he will give it liberally. We can actually ingest wisdom. I have found myself going into situations just knowing, just having wisdom on what to do. Why? Because it's become part of me. Because the Lord is wisdom and he is with me. Number 12, Jeremiah fifteen sixteen. Your words were found and I ate them. And your words became for me a joy and a delight of my heart. For I have been called by your name, O Lord, God of hosts. When the words get in me, I get joy and I get delight. Amen. Number 13, Ezekiel 3.12 God said to Ezekiel, son of man, feed your stomach and fill your body with this scroll which I am giving you. He ate the scroll and it was as sweet as honey in my mouth. That is what meditation has done to me, folks. It has opened up a new understanding that I could not under to, I couldn't get it through studying or just reading. Number fifteen, by meditation, the Holy Spirit imparts truth, so that we can be living truth to the world. This is our responsibility. It is our responsibility to be healthy in spirit, to ingest those healthy things, so that we can bring living truth to the world. 
Amen? Amen. Is it warm in here, guys? Any way to... No, you're fine? Okay. The responsibility of the meditator. Next, the responsibility of the meditator. Worship. 16, revelation many times requires a response to God. In fact, I'm not done meditating on something until there is a response. Now, what do I mean by that? All right. When I'm sitting down at the table and somebody serves me something, the proper response would be to say, thank you. All right. If somebody just gave you food or somebody gave me food and I didn't respond to them, would that be rude? Right. Would it break possible relationship? Right. There is a response to God that sometimes is necessary, many times is necessary. Many times, like when I got the, the thing on Apocalypse, it's like, wow, God, that's cool. If I get a new revelation, that old way of thinking is Apocalypse. It's destroyed. That's kind of neat. See, I'm building relationship with the Father. He's like, look, I'm going to show you something that I had hidden. Here it is. All right? And I say, thank you, Lord. There was some worship. Sometimes meditating on the Word will need some repentance. The Lord will show an airy life that we need to change our thinking or change our behavior. Many times there's praise or maybe there's an intercession. The Lord will say, man, we need to pray for that. So do you understand what I'm saying about a response? In the Word of God, the Spirit has something for you all the time. We may not see it at the beginning, but it does require a response. Number 17, as we obey revelation, God will give us more revelation. I'm going to say that one more time. As we obey revelation. Go back to Paul on the road to Damascus. What if he refused? What if he got the revelation from Jesus and said, no, I'm going to go keep killing Christians? Well, I don't think he would have written much of the Bible. And I don't think we would have really even heard of him. But once he, re he, once he obeyed that revelation, then he got more revelation and more revelation and more revelation. It is start it's like starting in kindergarten. You may just get a little bitty thing, but obey what the Holy Spirit tells you to do. As we obey revelation. Number 18, we need to respond to God before we get our next revelation. It's, it's a mature adult thing to say, guys. Once God gives you something, you need to follow through on it. You need to respond to him. Thank you, Lord, I got it. I'm going to teach this. I'm going to live this. I'm going to repent from this. Change my thinking. The attitude of the meditator. The attitude of the meditator. The attitude of receiving revelation is the attitude that King Solomon had, all right? When he came to God, I'm sorry, when God came to him with the offer, 1 Kings 3, 7, Now, Lord, my God, you have made your servant king in place of my father, David. Yet I'm but a little child. I do not know how to go in or to come out. I do not know to, uh, I'm sorry, to go out or to come in. Three things right there. Let's look at the first one, number 19. Solomon had the attitude of a servant. A meditator needs to have the attitude of a servant. I am here, Father. I am here to serve and I'm not to be served. Number 20. The attitude of a child. Father, I have faith that you are a good God. I believe that you will give me what I need as I'm meditating on your word. The attitude of a child. Number 21, the attitude of a king. That means your responsibility. I have the responsibility of what you give me. And I have the authority to execute the wisdom you give me. All right? The attitude of a servant. I'm here to serve. The attitude of a child. You're a good daddy. I'm just waiting for you to, 
to give it to me. And then the attitude of a king, I'm responsible for it. Quick question. Go back on. Who is sitting on that throne? And don't say Jesus. You. That's you. He has made you kings. He has made you queens. He has given you the authority. If you step off of that throne and give it to somebody else, then that's your fault. You are kings. You are queens. It's our responsibility. This generation is our responsibility. All right? Amen. We also need to be a patient seeker. Psalms 119.99. I have more insight than all my teachers, for your testimonies are my meditations. Now, when we get in a tight spot, when things are going bad, like I said when we first came, some people are having a hard day today. I'm, I have to raise my hand on that one too. What am I meditating on? What am I thinking on? David says to meditate on my testimonies, my victories, my dead Goliaths, my dead lions, the times that God did come through. The bad times will come. They come to us all. But what are you going to meditate on? It says if you meditate on your testimonies, then you're going to have more insight than all my teachers. I'm going to tell you a story that Campbell McAlpine told me of this farmer. He was an old farmer, not educated, come from, a, from the south, owned this farm of about 40 acres, woke up every morning. But this farmer here was on stage at the seminar made for pastors. These preachers and pastors came in from all over. They were expecting some slick, well-educated teacher, paid him a lot of money to teach these pastors something. But on stage, here sat this old farmer. He had his best suit on. He had his only suit on. He was old. He was tattered. Walked with a limp. He said his, his neck was kind of crooked from some kind of injury. And all the pastors just looked at him and said, what is this guy doing on stage? What in the world is this guy doing on stage? He got up, and the Holy Spirit fell on that room full of high and mighty pastors. He told the story of his life. His life, not a time, but his life. He wakes up early in the morning. He lights the candle. He opens up the scripture, and he reads one or two verses. And then he takes those verses, and he goes on a walk. This is like 4.30 or 5 in the morning. And he lets those verses get from here to here. And when he talked, it brought the Holy Spirit. This old beaten-up farmer who looked pretty rugged, brought a new revelation and a new Holy Spirit, a room full of educated pastors. That's our responsibility. The Holy Spirit will give it to you if you marinate, if you wake up in the morning, if you open the scriptures and just find two verses and say, Holy Spirit, meet me here. What is the treasure here? And let the Holy Spirit do the change. The mindset of a meditator is meeting the Holy Spirit in Scripture. Many times when I first started this, I failed. I'm going to say that again. Many times, Jerry, you had this happen. Many times I failed because I didn't understand. It was a Scripture that seemed negative, destructive. I don't get it. I can't find you, Spirit. But I kept going. Let's try another scripture. Let's try it again. Let's try it again until I got that nugget, that first one, where the Holy Spirit peeled back the print and said, this is what I really mean. 
And then I said, Lord, I will repent or I will apocalypse my own thinking and I will obey what you just showed me. And that changed my heart and that set me on the path. And then the next day I tried and the next day I tried and many days I failed. Many days I failed, but I did not give up on this meditating. Now I find myself going about the day doing all kinds of stuff. And these scriptures that I meditated on it decades ago will come back and feed me again and feed me again. That's, that's the difference. That's going to make us world changers, people. Amen? Thoughts and impressions can come from four main sources as we meditate. Number one, ourselves. And I pray, Lord, I bring my own, my own imaginations to the cross. I don't want them. My own imaginations, the imaginations of James, will destroy me. It will bring me to death. I don't want them. Okay? Number 23, the devil, of course. James 4, 7, submit yourselves to the Lord God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. When I am being distracted, I will say, devil, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. I have submitted myself to the Lord. I'll do it again right now. Lord, I submit myself to you. Now, by law, devil, you must flee from me. Leave. Remember, shut up, shut up, leave. 24, others or the world. Hey, let me tell you where you need to meditate. Let me tell you where you need to go. You need to read through the book of Second Babylonians. And that will tell No, Holy Spirit will tell you where to go. And if you blow it, that's fine. Try another one and try another one. And, of course, the last one, 25, God or the Holy Spirit. Lord, what verses do you want me to meditate on? It's that easy. He'll bring you to something. He brought me to 2 Timothy 2.12 about 25 times in a row. And I kept going there, and I kept going there, and I kept going there. And you know what happened? I didn't get anything new, but I obeyed. The Holy Spirit was just seeing if I was going to obey. And then the next time he brought me a new scripture, and I just got blown away by what he had. Sometimes he just wants to see if you're going to obey. Different ways to meditate, all right? Yep. Different ways to meditate. I don't know if I have this on your notes or not. Do I have different ways to meditate? Reading, all right? Who are readers here? Raise your hand. I'm not a reader. Not me. I'm a listener. I love to listen to the Word of God. The hearing. For some reason, I get it better. Then writing. Sometimes you can get a little three-by-five card and just write it down. Once you write it down, there's a revelation that just pops out. I love imagining the whole story of David with the lion. Do you remember that one? And how, how did, how did uh, David chase the lion? I think you got it or somebody got it. Where the lion had this heavy sheep in his mouth and he was walking weird. David came up and hit him on the head. That came from my imagination. I put my mind in that story. I lived the story in my imagination. And I saw things that I had never seen because I had read it a thousand times. Imagine it. Put yourself there. Make a movie in your mind about it and revelation will come. Singing the word. Psalms is a really good one for this. Just sing it out. Lord gives you a couple. Come up with a, a silly little tune and sing it. Sometimes when we sing something, it gets in us, and it'll bring revelation. Sharing it. Hey, uh, Kim, did you hear about the scripture I got today? No? Leave me alone. No, I'm not. Uh, it was uh, second. No. You share it out, and then maybe as they hear it, maybe you get a new revelation. And then studying the Word of God. Just dig into it. Look for cross-references. All right, back to number 26. What you are meditating on will keep coming back to you throughout the day. Like a cow. Right? A cow. Huh? Chewing the cud. They eat the grass, but then they kind of spit it back up and chew it some more. And then they swallow it and chew it some more. And then they swallow it. That's meditating. 
Lord, I've, I've been on this five times, but I'm, gonna, I'm driving or I'm fixing dinner. Let's go back to that scripture. Let's chew on it some more. Number 27, the Holy Spirit will open up that verse like a flower opens to the morning sun. But you have to be there, guys. If you're just reading it in 30 seconds as you're heading out the door, that's not what we're talking about. You have to live in it, live in it throughout the day. Questions meditating. How long do you meditate? Until there's a response to the Father. A repentance or a, wow, that's cool. Or, man, I need to change my thinking. Or, i got to write that down and send it to somebody. i got to Facebook this. A response, a something, a thank you. If it's just sitting there, you're not done meditating. Next, how do I know that this is you, God? Again, Jerry, I'm picking on you tonight. But she got a rough scripture. She got a rough one. It was full of negativity. And he's like, Lord, is this you? What I do with those is, Lord, I ask that you fade this back into the background. And if it's not for me at this time, then just give me another one. If there is something that you want me to get, then reveal it to me now. The Lord's not going to beat you up if you misheard him on a scripture. You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? The Lord's a good God. Father, yeah. Yeah. And so he just spoke the last point there. Can I meditate in a group setting? Of course. You take the scripture, meditate on it, share it. Share it with a group of people. Right? Maybe they have something different. Maybe they have a correction. All right? Amen. All right. The, the, um, the series we're on is, med- is uh, renewing our mind, right? And Ray's going to come up and talk about next week on what he's going to do. Do you want to come and share about next week? We're done here. But I just want to encourage you to keep trying to meditate, all right? It brings a renewing of the mind. It, it, meet, it has us meet the Holy Spirit in Scripture. So, right? Let's give James a hand for doing a great job these four weeks. Been tremendous, tremendous insight. We need to continue to chew on this. We're going to be, uh, in the next couple of weeks, we're going to be looking on uh, just developing your imagination, developing your ability to dream. How many here dream? 
Uh, we're going to be looking at that. And then we're also going to be looking at how what God gives us, how it interrelates with others. How does, in other words, what do you do with a dream? Uh, do you just run off and, with your dream and your vision? Or how does it relate to with what God is saying to the body of Christ? Uh, there is no such thing as a loner in the body. God puts you with people, and he puts people around you. In fact, those people become an asset to your life. Uh, I am so grateful for men that God has put in my life. They've helped uh, strengthen me. They've spoken life into my life, like I was saying earlier tonight. In fact, there's been times where pastors and leaders have let me know that uh, it's good that you have these seed thoughts, but how is that going to work out in relationship to how it fits with what God is saying in the vision of a local church or a particular move that God is, has you in? And so it's, it's so important that we uh, connect with that relationally, uh, our vision, our dreams, God's promises in our life, and how we can just move forward on some of these things. Uh, also, just in our family. Uh, I want to talk to you about some things about my wife and I, and as well as other leaders. What happens when a husband gets something and the wife's not on the same page? Uh, how do we deal with those kind of things? Uh, maybe you're not married. Maybe you're a single individual. What, what do I do when the Lord's been laying some direction in my life? How, what do I do with that? Where do I go with that type of a situation? Uh, one of the things that is, I want to deal with some of the issues in the charismatic movement back in the 70s and the 80s. By the way, we're called a spirit-filled church. And thank God we're spirit-filled. But, man, we want to look at Scripture as far as what the Apostle Paul laid down as some serious guidelines in 1 Corinthians 14. We're a very much a prophetic church, but boy, he laid some powerful things down to a church that was in major confusion. And that's one of the things that, that has come against a spirit-filled people from different movements. Sometimes they think we're just in here kind of freelancing and just kind of going and doing our thing, and there's they don't believe that necessarily we're people that have balance or accountable, and we are very accountable. We, we need to let, we want you to know uh, what Scripture says. Uh, and when I get a vision, when I get a dream, when I hear a word from God, what should I do with that? Do I just take it and run with it? How, how should I treat that thing? What does God's Word say? What happened with others in Scripture? That's what we're going to be looking at in the next couple of weeks. Uh, you know, the most important thing is that God just doesn't want us to have revelation. He wants us to be healthy. How many of you know you can have revelation and still get off? We want to have revelation, but we want to be healthy in our thinking. And we want to make sure that, that we're accountable in relationship, uh, we recognize it. And what is, what is, how does authority fit into all this? And I understand there's some of us probably have come out of churches where, uh, where there's been pastors that have put the lid on people and do not allow the freedom. And folks, there is a balance on this thing. I, I really feel also that there's so much of the time where pastors and leaders get the bad rap. That's why you have these movements right now called the emerging churches. And uh, by the way, there's, there's a lot of great pastors out there, great prophets, good, good churches, awesome. We have a lot of great leaders and pastors in the Garland, Dallas Metroplex, and, and across America, good men of God. And uh, we don't have to live in fear about those things. Uh, but there are some things that we do need to check out. We do need to put... What we know against the Word of God, we need to also be able to be in a relationship with men and women that uh, are going to help me grow. We do not want isolated loners. By the way, you never want to have a pastor that's a loner. You want those leaders to have 
uh, relationship and connection. And I'll tell you why. Because you might be super spiritual and you might be hearing from God, but you know what? You can be off. Now, we don't have to be worried about that. I don't have to. We're all going to make messes and fall on our face. But that's why we have leaders for accountability. And uh, it concerns me when we just have something and we run with it, but we never run it through ministry. And by the way, you don't have to run everything through leadership. But I'm talking about major things. We'll be talking about some of those things and uh, developing the dream, the imagination, developing the focus of our life and setting goals. Amen? Amen. Let's close in a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for your love. We thank you, Lord, for the deposit through Brother James as he shared with us these past four weeks, just a rich word. And, Lord, we just pray that it will germinate as we meditate, as we give ourselves to not just notes or facts, but, Lord, as you have revealed revelation to us through Brother James, Lord, uh, just great practical ministry as well as just Holy Spirit impartation. Lord, we just thank you for what you've said through him and what you've revealed to him. And, Lord, we just pray that in the days and months ahead, this will take root and bear fruit in our own lives. Lord, we need you today more than ever. We look to you, Lord, and we're not going back to where we used to be. We're moving ahead. And, Lord, we give you praise. And everyone said, amen. God bless you as you go home this evening.